Hey, what's up everyone, Tenvi here. Our today's guest is Ranger Lubbers. He's a known investor, entrepreneur, cricket player, former Olympic rower, a family man, and much more. His current venture is No Such Ventures, where he, with the team, invests two to eight million euros in ambitious companies. Let's hear his story. So let's start with your origins. Your dad was uh, yeah, a captain of the cricket team, Dutch yeah. cricket team. I played it my entire youth because my dad was sort of, I said, the Johan Cruyff of, uh, of Dutch cricket. Mm -hmm. But actually my father is, you know, is, is a bit of a killer. Like, uh, you know, such one of the hardest workers uh, I know. So, so sometimes when I say cricket, people think, oh, you know, it's like uh, polo or uh, whatever. And it was the exact opposite, uh, but, uh, but a lovely sport, lovely sports. It's totally different than, uh, for instance, rowing. <laughs> yeah, because you played really well, but then, yeah, you started studying in the university in Groningen. Yeah. And then you started doing rowing as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, <clears throat> what's actually funny, so I went to study in Groningen because I heard it's an amazing student city. I'm, I'm all about enjoying life. Um, so I thought, yeah, super choice. And uh, maybe later I'll go to the more serious, uh, you know, Randstad, Amsterdam and whatnot. So Groningen, I enjoyed very much. The funny thing sort of by when I entered Groningen, you know, first thing we had was uh, free drinks from the study organization in sort of a Groningen, I say farm somewhere with lots of students. And then after drinking many beers, a blonde girl uh, walked up to me and said, you should be rowing. And as a kid, I had done nearly all the sports, also soccer and uh, judo, or tennis, or whatever. And then she said, well, you should be rowing. And I thought, well, why not? And, you know, uh, and also, I like trying new things. So, um, so yeah, then I started rowing and, and uh, I had uh, talent for it. And uh, four and a half years later, I was at the Beijing Olympic Games 2008, so that was was a super cool ride, but also pretty demanding. It's one of the heaviest sports out there. Uh, in terms of how much you need to train, how much physical pain you need to endure during the races. But hey, if you, then well, it's a good test to see whether you can, uh, let's say it, how, how strong-willed you are. But did you expect to actually get good in it? Because you were already good in cricket, and like it's a different sport completely. So you probably started just for fun, or you were like, I'm gonna be the best in it? No, it's a good point. I started for fun. Um, I also liked the team aspect of it. <clears throat> you know, you have some rows that rather row alone. I always want to row in uh, in bigger boats with the four of or eight. <clears throat> but um, the cool thing is that it's an, an, uh, yeah one of the it's one of the most crazy team sports out there because you let's say the eight in which I rowed at the games. You know, you've got this sort of a bucket. You put in eight morons or different idiots and then small guy or girl steering the boat and then psh, one formula one outcome one speed one speed so everything influences it so let's say your sleep or what you have for breakfast or well this is not good but yeah the beer mm -hmm. i would be concerned 100 about everything you do because you determine my result 100 that's different than nearly all uh, all other team sports and only after i think after like a couple of months, I noticed like that, hey, my, my starting level is pretty high. Let's see where I can uh, take this. And then maybe after one year, I thought, hmm, I think I should be able to row for Netherlands and then row for the games. So that's, uh, or that was quickly became my goal, which obviously people said, yeah, sure, sure. And then I thought, well, let's see. 
Are, are you then like a overachiever then, or, or you just saw you were good in it and you kind of believe that you can go further? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I'm. Uh, I say it, it's difficult for me to uh, to do things. Uh, just uh, you know, let's go to festival. I love it. <clears throat> but I also, I say it. Yeah, there's there's one for me. I say it. There's one clutch in the gearbox or one sort of where I want to be, and that's the the one that goes fastest. So um, so let's say already after my first year. Before others thought, I was like, okay, I want to go to Olympic Games. And also another, you know, it's a bad story. Uh, yeah. We're talking cricket, cricket, and we all know you have these um, soccer management. Uh, uh, I said soccer management uh, games online, right? Where by you manage a team, you want to ch become champion, millions play it. There's also the variety of that in, in cricket. And so I started playing that because of uh, my friends, but I started playing it uh, later. So you slot in uh, below. And I think already I was working here, M&A, you know, churning out many hours at the Zuidtas uh, merchant acquisitions. So you're running fast for your clients who got you on speed dial, you need to sprint. But already then I was like, oh, I like this game. I want to be the best. So I was waking up at night to buy players you know, in this virtual game, setting my alarm clock. And then even at some stage, so I was making my way up in the global rankings. And just before I was reaching the top, I was like, shit, you know, I need to quit this shit. This is not good. But then I knew at that moment, I could be the best of, uh, of everybody. So I didn't stop until I became number one. And the day after I, you know, I uh, threw away my uh, login and sold all my players. and. Uh, See you by. So I just needed to say it, needed to persist, and then, then I was done. And then I guess that's also the reason why you also started your master's, then as well, to kind of also education wise to go further. <clears throat> yeah, I think in the Netherlands, that's sort of a safe choice mm -hmm. because it takes you one year, and, and, and then everyone knows, oh, yeah, you know, you're at least in your first maybe one to two jobs, right? You're, mm -hmm. I say it, you know, you know, you've got this master level, okay, that, that's. But not so. I just that was for me. I said by default, I uh, I did it. But also in Groningen, the more fun <clears throat> the more fun you have in Student City, the less prepared you are for your actual first job. So I didn't really know that well what I wanted to, to do when I uh, finished up studies. Mm -hmm. um, which, which in the end be became investing because I I said I like strategy and I like playing with numbers. <clears throat> that comes nice in uh, together with investing. And, and the funny thing is, maybe I was right somewhere because I'm doing the same thing now. You know, investing in startup skills only through my own company, so I also feel like I'm an entrepreneur, or I am an entrepreneur. Uh, but um, but then my first job, I did it in sort of private equity, in which you invest in bigger, a bit more boring companies. Uh, so so I love that, but um, I knew it wasn't my. I say it. I wasn't going to do it uh, for the rest of my life. So my second job, I did the merchant acquisitions or uh, corporate finance, whereby you know these the bad movies are often made about them. Whereby you know you're always suited up. Uh, it matters what watch you're wearing, what uh, your suit. If you wear a belt, you're an idiot because you didn't pay for a you know custom-made suit. And and there I was thinking, you know, shit, shouldn't I do uh, CFA? Shouldn't I do uh, GMAT just to show that I'm sort of better, or should I go to London, whereby you know people have that a bit higher than Amsterdam? But then you 
talk with people there and they say you just trade your life for a bit more cash but you work uh, non-stop I was like I do want to enjoy life I want to go all out but yeah you know is that is that is that what I want and camp was just very enjoyable also but you still got back to the cricket even after the whole rowing being at the Olympics and everything did you did you feel like you achieved everything you could from rowing and then that's why you switched to cricket or what was the reason when I was at the games, Olympic Games in Beijing, I was 23, and people thought I was the youngest of our of our team in uh, in age and also rowing experience. So at first, people thought or told me like, "Hey, Reinder, focus on London, 2012." And then I thought, you know, "F you, you focus on London. Um, I'm I'm going to Beijing." And, and I would have been better in in London. Would have been 27, but uh, you know, you can still become a little bit stronger, more experienced for sure. But rowing is so, so demanding. It's like cycling or running. You can't half-ass it by any means because you just need to be physically fittest of the world. So, so I tried to study next to it and I literally fell asleep once in my book. I just couldn't, couldn't do it. And also, you know, picture, picture that you've got 16, 16 big boys for, for eight spots in this boat of eight. So you train twice a day in every training trying to score points and show that you're you're the man so all all excess energy you have you put it in making the boat go faster and the rest uh, so um, so when I was I noticed I only noticed half a year after the games close to half a year that my fire was gone first I was thought well cool and maybe go to London let's see but then again rowing is, is painful and I noticed you know I don't want to do this for another four years because also I like I said, as I said, if, if you come up with a new idea, I'll probably say yes, because I like doing new things. So let's say immediately when I stopped rowing, I took up uh, mixed martial arts. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, I was watching movies, I thought, how cool is this? Because I had a friend of mine do it. I thought, it's actually, it is actually sport, this is not barbaric stuff. Uh, so free fights, but it's basically just, you know, wrestling, judo, kickboxing, only training, I thought, if I, I want to do match at some stage, but uh, if you get a head kick, you lose some IQ. It's not the best, uh, best idea, right? Best thing to do. But yeah, I like doing it. And then I, I became, uh, uh, say, it's president of the student, uh, Dutch Student Drawing Federation. and did many other things. Uh, also finished my study uh, eventually. So now for me, that was a clear choice. And then I thought at some stage, hey, you know, actually, let's play a bit more cricket. It's a bit more chill. I can do that. Because uh, you had some pressure in the rowing team. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And what made you not develop this whole imposter syndrome? I think one of the first um, proper job interviews I had was with smart people, and they asked me, "Can you draw out your your confidence over time, or in your life, sort of your confidence?" It's a pretty bizarre question, in which you can't prepare, but it's a funny one. And you start drawing, you know, it goes up a little bit or whatever, a little bit, and then you think. You know, one, it helps if you've got confidence in yourself, and two, if you can be, you know, a little bit stoic, whereby you think, let's relax, I can focus on, on, on what I can. So I think that that uh, that was also passed by, to me genetically, or by, <coughs> I say it, how my parents and also a bit my father raised me, that, you know, you just focus on, uh, yeah, on, on what you can do. But that, you know, <clears throat> that is ruthless. That that the I say it professional <clears throat> that, that, that environment I was in, not bad, but just ruthless. Let's say if if the coach thought he needed to switch you, he he would do it the same day. 
So you would see yourself go from Olympic hopeful, or you think you go to Olympic Games, to reserve, or and there would be no, you know, here when people get ditched in their jobs, they first want to have two free, yeah, how do you say it, warnings, and no, uh, oh, you only gave me that long, yada yada. That's just on the spot, uh, and, and because everything is about result, and uh, so yeah, it teaches you, uh, teaches you many things how you. How you are under pressure yourself, <clears throat> under real pressure, because you know we can get to know each other by drinking beer, but if <clears throat> if we now have to sprint for 20 minutes straight, maybe really run until it hurts, and then keep running, then I maybe get to know you a little bit better. So um, so you get to know yourself better, you get to know others better. It's an, as I said, the ultimate team sport. Not only that you know we're tied to the same result 100%, but also how do we cope under uh, Indeed, pressure and physical pain. Yeah, that's. Uh, I say it. It makes you appreciate certain uh, qualities in people, where they can be stoic, relaxed, work hard, endure pain, and which people don't, and complain and point at others and yada yada. And you just don't want to surround yourself with those people. And then, yeah, you move to back to cricket, and again did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we became um, <coughs> national champions in 2011, and uh, with my with my 10 year younger brother, yeah. we were on the same team, and uh, that was amazing. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, he was uh, 17, huge talent, and uh, yeah, it was cool. You being like such a superstar in cricket and like different sports, what attracted you to the whole investment banking and all that? Suited up guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still <coughs> I still know sort of <coughs> when I was suited up how I was. I said when one of our managing directors looked at my suit and made a couple of comments and then I knew, I thought I looked cool in the suit and had a cool suit and then he pointed out a couple of things I thought, shit, he, <laughs> there's levels to this and it's super, you know, it's just a funny story, it's, it's, it's a joke but um, you are a bit in your bubble there <clears throat> in, the, in the financial district or financial M&A world but it's, uh, it can be a lovely bubble because for for people like me, it's sort of a you know a new arena whereby you can go all out. You can get good results because you know people people trust you with selling their company, and then it's a live event for them. It's super important. So everything needs to be in order. Needs to be done fast. You can yeah. So <clears throat> that that I really really enjoyed, and that's also the job I did longest. Not that long, a bit a bit over three years. Back then I was a job hopper and maybe I still am. <clears throat> but it's, when I did it, I also noticed like, hey, you know, I don't want to, I'm not, I like my bosses, but I'm not jealous of them. I don't want to do this rest of my life. It's, it's uh, well, at some stages it's, it's, it becomes repetitive. And I had a former colleague of mine, a former intern, he went to a venture capital firm and he loved it. And he came back, he said, Reino, this, this would suit you very well. And I had some friends uh, going into startups and scale-ups, a bit like you, uh, being uh, you know super enthusiastic. So I thought well, that, that has to be my next my next move, like or join a uh, startup scale-up or to join a venture firm. And then <clears throat> then I went to join a Dutch venture firm, mm -hmm. and there I noticed I love I absolutely love venture capital, <coughs> but um, you know if if you think something can be done better. And you think you can do it better yourself? 
then there's only one thing you can do, right? And try to do it, be- try to do it better yourself to uh, stop talking and start acting. And that that became, in short, uh, yeah, short house strangers. Mm-hmm. But before that, you, you still had an, another startup that you co-founded, uh, the smart TV apps. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's um, th- that's a funny story. So, so I was at at this Dutch uh, venture firm. And I knew, hey, you know, at some stage I want to, uh, you know, I like venture capital, what I do here, but or I start my own venture firm, or I'm going to work at a startup scale. And then the two things came sort of together at the same time. So I met, I already knew management of an indeed, indeed video software company called 24i. I knew them and they were raising, uh, raising money and actually asked, asked me at some stage, hey, you know, couldn't you just know come up with the money needed for a round so then i thought you know boom this is the moment for me to start uh, no strangers but then a bit later in the process they also they also asked me like hey do you uh, do you want to work here um, do you want sort of to become coo and the third step to the step to director next to them and then i thought well that's you know at first i said thinking think, think fast thinking slow first i thought Thanks for the compliment, guys. But no, you know, I've, I founded No Adventures and I want to, you know, kick ass with, with that one. Uh, and then the next morning, actually, I rang them and said, yeah, let's let's do it. <coughs> Because just a good feel, like this is cool to do. And I thought, you know, No Adventures with just one, with just one investment, now I can also actually do it and not, I said, neglect No Adventures. So then I, I said, I experienced a wild ride because we, company grew very fast. <clears throat> we did two acquisitions. We did a sort of a financing round <coughs> in parallel to us, to the entire company being bought out. So we grew to from 75 to people. I managed uh, sort of about about half of the company. And then, um, yeah, the entire company got sold for a good price in which the founders were happy, we were happy. And then there I noticed sort of the, the healthy chaos that exists uh, Startup skills, but actually, you absolutely love that. Like that's why I also see No Adventures as a uh, startup, and absolutely love that. Yeah, because you really want to. Yes, we're just standing out among other VCs. Well, it's funny that venture capital is a bit of a younger industry, younger than other investment industries. So you notice that the first people that go there, you know, credit to them, but often they come from more traditional industries like private equity, and then sometimes they bring their values also along with them while the type of companies they're investing are way different. They're fast moving companies instead of these stable companies. They're investing for minority stakes, so you're more of a supporter and help, helping instead of having the majority of the company and I would be sort of your boss. I would behave a bit differently. So you know where they're different they they act indeed as if as if they're the boss, often as if they know a bit better than the entrepreneur, as if they're As if what they're doing is easy and but it, but he or she is not <coughs> doing well enough. The <coughs> investment professionals from their own team need to work X amount of years before they can actually invest, before they actually get the upside, the you know where the financial rewards are from firm. They're like you know first, you know first mate, you know prove yourself six, eight, ten years, and then you can become partner. Um, and and well. And some other things, and then it's nice to here to try to do it a bit different way. So here, 
everyone that's not an intern, <coughs> you know, invests, even if you're a first year investor. <coughs> that's, <coughs> that's what we love. Um, we always, you know, try to be super conscious that, you know, we're generalists. So hard for us to tell the entrepreneur that they should do better. We should, you know, bring in experts from our own network who know way more than us on, uh, on certain topics. And, 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 and maybe lastly, you know, all investors are as, as a foot. It's a bit like this, you know, all the money together and this will suit all companies while we're like, you know, this, this suits this company and this suits that company. So we raise it, you know, we're structured per company, not per fund. And uh, yeah, it's just nice to try and do it uh, in a different, uh, different and better way. What I like now is, you know, we exist a bit more than three years. We've done nine investments and we've got a big group of, let's say, angel investors that invest with us that grew from uh, now to, to sort of around 100. So I would love it in five years if we, if we would have 500 or more investors all across the world. And also two of our nine investments are abroad, not in the Netherlands, if we just become uh, way bigger so that every company that onboards us has got a huge network from investors, from other portfolio companies. And, and uh, so that's one, I think that's, you know, our product would then be best to, to the companies and also our investors, they can choose from more and cool companies. But especially I want us to be on the, you know, in, innovative forefront always. Like, so we also campaign, you know, we want to invest in common shares, like the same shares as the founder. We think it makes sense on, on multiple levels and not, you know, not invest in preferred shares, which most VCs do. So I think always on those aspects, aspects I think we will, and we should, I say, be yeah, you know, new and then, and then better thought out. It's poor English, but I hope you understand what I mean. <laughs> but what does it take to start your own yeah, venture fund? The short answer is I found it because I saw, I saw a gap. I thought I, I thought I saw how it could be done better, but I couldn't have seen it without my other experiences at the venture fund, but also having done M&A and private equity that I knew, hey, but back there we did ABC way better than all venture capitalists do. So, so for me, I, I benefit tremendously from all the different experiences, also being an entrepreneur myself or having been at a software company. So yeah, I said if I could do it again, I would still, or I would again, you know, just sort of gain different uh, experiences uh, and then actually at that moment there was just when I was at a you know, Dutch venture firm where I thought hey you know I actually think I know how this could be done better based on my experiences and then let's do it and then let you know to say let's do it is super easy uh, the first sale is always the hardest right for, for every startup I mean you know who are you you're young uh, have no cr uh, track record yet but that's where you know that you to uh, show you're good in sales and, um, and and in building company, getting people to follow you, to trust in you, yeah, that's, uh, you make it work uh, or not. And I think now we've made the first steps work. It's, uh, yeah, we've got a very good platform uh, to, uh, to keep uh, expanding on that because the first bits were the, were the hardest. You're saying that, of course, the team is really important to get you 
where you want to be in five, ten years. How are you building the whole culture? For instance, I like it if people on the workflow are themselves, like 100%. When I, know, when I worked at, um, when I did M&A, I sometimes noticed that, or this little, little story I have, that I didn't like the coffee at the, at the floor we had. So I went out Starbucks because I love filter coffee. Starbucks like four or five euros or you know they, they charge and I just we were we had reasonably big department I'd say 30 40 people and I just asked everyone who wants something from Starbucks I'm going so I think nearly every day I, I, I got some coffee for you know uh, six eight ten people so if you do it every day you know you are paying something and, and I did it every day I wasn't gonna wait till others uh, went and then so I thought you know I, I like to see my colleagues as friends that's, that's my ideal, yeah, that I like you and trust you as a person. And then the other day I got from a colleague of mine sitting just across from me like a super formal email with just a question about a project, only, you know, pointed at me. There was also no, you know, no trap of me seeing people or whatever, but super formal. And I was like, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, if you would ask me without the email, you would say way different, but you have the feeling you need to be formal something where that professionally you need to be someone else and you know I, I just like it the other way whereby you know you you know uh, Raul you know you just also met or met her again uh, Sophie and others and they are just completely themselves and also are, are very okay in showing weaknesses or, or you know quirk, quirky stuff so so that's what I like here you know it's always been said indeed about culture that you know you need to be able to spend uh, what what is it uh, time at the airport with someone else or yeah. but um, I said for us it's just so so important that you've got uh, something original or special about yourself or that you you know are comfortable being yourself maybe that's the that's the that's the best one and showing yourself to others because also you know we're in more and more I think we're in a, you know a human business or actually you, know, you can do a lot of things online but actually you need to best business is being done by connecting with with people you know entrepreneurs if they want to you know gang with us they uh, they better trust us because they're we're there for a couple of years so it's just so important that you you know you care about other people you you are yourself and uh, yeah so if you if you hire all people that that understand that that's important or find it important themselves then they'll also hire people that uh, that are of the same cloth. And don't you think there's like a negative effect on the performance overall? I mean, like the, the relations are just too strong? Or is it other way around for you? <clears throat> if not, so it's a good point if <coughs> if you become afraid to give each other honest feedback, yeah, then, <coughs> then it could inhibit sort of personal development or just company operations because you're afraid to tell me or vice versa, you know, what... Uh, what we should do differently. So I think, yeah, there, there's a point to that, but also, you know, then it, then it's, then it's also maybe me from the top being, you know, being vulnerable and saying I, I, I messed up like uh, plenty uh, of times so that they know, you know, you don't have to act tough. And, uh, and that's also maybe again, sort of, if you're, in my experience, if you're pretty okay in uh, on confidence, self-confidence, and you don't mind feedback that much. I know when I was younger, I think before rowing, I didn't really like losing games. Or I, I said, I just, I really wanted to prove myself. Really wanted to, maybe also because my father was all about results. Like no bullshit, never, no stories, results. 
But then when I had done so, like suddenly you know suddenly you relax a bit more, and all all feedback is you know it's not I wasn't a different person, but it helps that you know you know yeah I, I am who I am, and nothing to be ashamed about. And um, if you can tell me something which makes me better, that's amazing. So please do tell me. Having so many things in your life, of course, you have a family, you have no such, you still do some sports and things like that. How do you yeah, ba balance everything in life? Sometimes I, I like the saying sort of <clears throat> in the term, on determining what you want to do and not. Mm. Sort of, if it's if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Mm. So I, I, I just, it's also easy, you know, if you can choose from five things to do, automatically you're going to say no to to or I say it, quite a few of them. I pretty clearly know what I want to do and where I want to go to. So if I know that, then I know what things I don't, you know, want. And uh, and they are always based, I think, a bit on where I want to go with no search or, or own goals and just that I want to have fun and enjoy life. So if things don't tick one of those, then I'm not going to, uh, not going to do it. Um, but it's also, I, you know, yeah, obviously there are some, I said, some drive or ambition in me. Otherwise, indeed, uh, yeah, I have a bit of a busy life. Like my friends say, you know, you're always busy or trying to get a hold of you. Da, da, da. Yeah, but that's true. Like I want to, I want to kick some serious ass. That sounds a bit, uh, I don't know, American or whatever, but that's this what it is. So, so I'm not going to wait for work. I'm going to create it. And, uh, to think of the bold moves we need to do with no search and the, you know, the big levers we can we can you know switch to make to make things uh, to make things happen. But I also know if I if I don't work out, I feel I feel bad or worse. You know, physically, energy goes down. So I need to work out. I want to spend some time with the family, but it depends. Sometimes you know, doing cool things with the kids is better than being at home. Uh, I say it whereby you're distracted with other things, then you're doing two things not, not very uh, well. Do you stress much or if you, if you do, like, how do you cope with it? So I do try to, to be reasonably stoic, mm -hmm. uh, but that's also, I think you learn it a little bit from rowing also, like nothing matters but the next stroke, literally nothing, and you're a fool if you think it does. Maybe, you know, stressy things are if I want to move in fifth gear and people who I'm depending on are in third gear. Uh, and then I have two voices in my head. One wants to be nice with people because I enjoy that. I enjoy big groups. And the other one is super ambitious and red saying, give me your elevator pitch and get the hell out of here. So that's, uh, that's sometimes maybe where I, uh, you know, within let's say longer meetings or something a bit, but it's just so lovely that I am my own boss. It's amazing. I mean, maybe you guys, uh, I hope you have the feeling as well, but it's, you know, compared to me being employed, like uh, I'm never going back, never ever. <laughs> Unless Elon Musk calls me. <laughs> Book to recommend and uh, advice to like young people, perhaps who wanna do the same things as you do. As you do. Book to recommend, ooh, there's so many. Uh, I might want to mention two then. Uh, you know, Man's Search for Meaning of Viktor Frankl. That's just amazing. Really good book. Also good that it's not super huge. And uh, and I love the, you know, maybe a bit of a classic one, but uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. You know, the title can be 
corny, if you will, but it's just such a good book. Many examples where I think this is actually pretty good stuff and I need to look at life a bit through different, uh, different lens. When I was young, I was talking, this sounds really bad now, I was talking a bit more about myself, but here I am talking about myself, but you asked me to, so uh, don't blame me, but uh, in, 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 in talks, which wasn't good. So that would be the second book. Advice for, for younger people, I, I just, I said, my network is so effective for me. And I don't mean, you know, people think networking ah, is, you know, trying to put up this, that you're, you are this type of person and uh, at, at drinks or whatever and <clears throat> and ask people for favors, but it's not, it's not that. It's for instance, suppose you are contemplating working in industry X, then go through your LinkedIn and make sure that you talk with two or three people or have coffee, you know, from that industry so that you learn is the industry pretty cool or oh I didn't know this about the industry or you know sub-segments you can choose from or maybe one of those three works at a great company will you know, will gift you or, or uh, I said hook you up with a job or point you to a job and that's what I noticed if I look at my life the, the different experience I gained the different people I, I spoke with that sort of you know that, that guided me so I, I asked for help quite a bit quite often or help help sounds like I'm drowning but let's say advice uh, yeah I've, I've done that and still do it um, many many times so that's uh, how you say it but my advice would be if I would also start things over I would have coffees with a bunch of people who I think are interesting and think of hey would I actually want to be that person later on uh, or could this you know be cool uh, instead of just you know applying to a random job someone points you and start working there and I say just being uh, you know, going with the flow the amount of interesting people we we or then I sometimes get in touch with by just asking it's like it's uh, it's cool it's uh, sometimes you know in the Netherlands we're a bit too uh, uh, I say it too uh, conservative yeah conservative yeah good one thanks like that we don't dare to ask we think uh, where are we and in America they do it constantly so that gives huge opportunity here because the <coughs> you know the <coughs> answer rates to emails or LinkedIn uh, messages are way higher here. So uh, yeah, so just uh, go for it. And do you have like a some quote you you just live by? <coughs> if you ask my team, they say I'm <coughs> I'm the man of the bad quotes. Mm -hmm. Like if someone wishes me uh, you know good luck for a meeting, like success, and I say you know that is a choice, like. Uh, don't hit me with it, <laughs> obviously, because I also like uh, hitting them with it. So may <clears throat> maybe I should uh, I should say that one. But I would I would also like you know sort of uh, you know if if it is if it is to be it is up to me. Like don't ever point to others or complain. You need to do it yourself. Take responsibility and uh, kick some ass and, and enjoy. Thanks for tuning in. More episodes are on the channel. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And as always, ten re out.